Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 178. John and Wendy talk to Chris Hadley. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I'm well. It's hard to believe, first off, that we're sponsored again this week. Uh, we want to thank our friends over at Healer for that and for being part of the entire month of July. But, Wendy, yeah. it is really hard to believe we are in the dog days of summer. Yes, we are. And it's been an odd summer. Weather-wise, I know we don't talk about weather anymore, but, man, this is it, – it's been interesting. I don't know about you, but we're actually getting out, doing Girl Scout events, doing camps, going camping as a family – So I have to say it's nice to get out of the house and go and enjoy summer. Are you running into a lot of other people when you're out and about, particularly if you're out and camping? Not you're not taking the Girl Scouts with you, but you run into a lot of other people out there? We, you know, we do. We um, actually took the Girl Scouts out to uh, the Black Hills the end of June. We were able to get a cabin, which was nice because we were going to be doing hiking and a lot of walking around. And the other leader and I were like, we would really like beds. Don't want to sleep on the ground if we're doing that. And our <laughs> girls agreed. So uh, we found a, a spot right uh, just west of Rapid City near Reptile Gardens. And they had a hotel, cabins, and an RV park. Uh, the RV park was packed. Wow. It was literally bumper to bumper um, in that RV park, which really kind of surprised me that so many people were out and about. I mean, we were able to find plenty of spots to hike around and we didn't see a lot of people, but uh, Mount Rushmore was packed. I'm sure if we had done any of the real touristy things, uh, those would have been packed as well. When we came home, driving through the Badlands, saw a lot of people on Sunday that we didn't see when we went out, but we went out on a Wednesday and it was 100 degrees, which is definitely going to keep people home in the Badlands. We were not the only ones. Uh, we're not the only ones that were eager to get out. My family, we actually purchased a camper this year uh, so that we would be able to get out with the dogs. It's been a lot of fun. My husband has taken a lot of fishing trips, taken out in the middle of the week, meeting some buddies. And uh, so it's been uh, it's been a really good purchase for us. That's great. Yeah. How about you? I know you're traveling again for work. I am traveling again. Yes, it's been interesting. Did a run to Pittsburgh. I've got to run to Chattanooga. I think the week this show comes out, I'll be in Chattanooga for a few days. It's interesting. That first trip that I took was very enlightening. Of course, that was that was like in February. Things were still very cautious in yeah. the hotel. Everything was in a plastic bag and you, yeah. you, you couldn't do anything. Things are much more relaxed. It, it's kind of weird. It is kind yeah. of weird. We've literally just kind of flipped a switch and now all of a sudden things are just kind of the way they were. It is nice to get out. It, it's nice to see the country again through the windshield because, you know, I, I, I do have a lot of windshield time. Do, I get to li- yep. listen to podcasts and, talk, you know, call people and check in on them and do those kind of things. But yeah, thankfully, we've not had the oppressive heat that you yeah. and, and some of our friends out west have dealt with, which is a good thing. Uh, yes, I don't do well with that. And Well, it's not. I mean, it's worse in Virginia. You know, I, I remember yeah, I know. Virginia and that humidity is horrendous. So, yeah, yeah I hope but you that guys one, don't get 100, it. 100 something in the Badlands, nah. I'm, 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 well, you know, it. it's a dry heat. It's, it's still an oven. Um, they told me about that about Vegas, Wendy, and I don't buy it there <laughs> no. either. 
No, I, I agree. Hot is hot. Um, I'm not a hot weather person either. So yeah, lots of water, lots of breaks. Fortunately, this last weekend, we finally got rain. We're still in a drought in South Dakota, mm-hmm. but we finally got some rain. So hopefully that should help things. I'm doing my first group nerd thing in a while. I'm going to a comic book convention soon. Oh, nice. Uh, Yeah, just a one-day show, very small, probably maybe 2,000 people, maybe. Okay. That's small comparatively to, say, a Baltimore Con (laughs) where I go and it's 30, which all those conventions, people are packing them in again. Uh, A friend of mine just went to a show where they had, I think, 3,500, 4,000, and he said people were just out and spending money and getting their – nerd on and enjoying each other's company. And thankfully it doesn't sound like there's any, you know, we're not seeing outbreaks knock on wood and we'll, yeah, we'll see where it goes. Fingers crossed that that doesn't happen. Cause um, I've not heard good things about the, the new variant that's around, but hopefully it won't get too bad. We hope everybody's enjoying their summer, regardless of what, what they're doing and mm-hmm. where they're doing it. Really excited about tonight's guest kind of met Chris, I guess, last year. It seems like he has kind of popped up and then made himself known and have really enjoyed getting to know him over the last bit of time. Let's make the introduction and get started. Yes. So excited to welcome Chris Hadley to the show. He is a recruiter who works with healthcare superheroes to take care of people's loved ones. Chris believes that having a culture where people, not profits, should be the number one focus and is a big advocate for employee-centric cultures. Now, he has not given any TED Talks, keynote speeches, or done any blog posts, but he is a huge advocate of changing the stigma that the Human Resources Department is just like the principal's office. He has earned his PHR in 2020 and is a member of the City of Beaver Creek's Youth Development Committee. Lastly, Chris is a newly crowned husband, father of two, and proud, quotation marks, owner of a puppy that is living up to his given name, Chris Welcome to the show. Uh, I am going to switch it up a little bit because I need to know your puppy's name that he's living up to. So our puppy's name is Drax after Drax the Destroyer. Oh, and he is okay. very much yeah. IQ level, destruction level, the whole nine. <laughs> he's got the chocolate skin, the blue eyes. I mean, when we named her that, it was cute. And now we're like, you know what? I think he got the memo because he's living up to that name. You have to be careful what you name your dog. You just do. Absolutely. You just do. Uh, I love that. I mean, I, I have a, a puppy that is living up to her name, uh, named her Aspen, and she's big, big and tall. On to the real show. Chris, first question, what is in your glass? So tonight, it's the standard water. I was going to awesome. get fancy, do my <laughs> drink of choice on the night out and do water with lime, but forgot the lime, so it's just straight H2O tonight. Fancy. You and John Ostad, he just had the, uh, he had the Topo Chico, though, with the lime that he grew at his house, no less, yes. which that, that's pretty baller, if you ask me. You're growing your own citrus, huh? Very much. One of the perks, I guess, living out there. Yeah. Chris, how in the world did you get your start in HR and into this recruiting focus that you have now? As far as getting started in the human resource world, it's broken record, just like many, many other guests. It just happened. Never got the school counselor to come by and say, hey, human resources is the way to go, or (laughs) let alone hear any type of certificate or degree path in human resources. It was just one of those things, was looking at a job, got into staffing and scheduling, and then worked my way up, and then here I am. (laughs) I love it. So 
fellow uh, healthcare worker recruitment, I, I can feel your pain on some of this, I'm sure. What is the biggest challenge you're seeing right now when it comes to healthcare recruiting and how are you going about addressing it? I'm on the agency side. Um, so our biggest struggle is getting people hired and out there quick enough. So we do staffing for long-term care, assisted living, rehab centers. We're in the travel in, or travel nurse travel industry. So do a lot of hospital travel contracts. The big issue that we're having is there is a plethora of openings out there and not enough staff, both on the agency side and facility side. It's a battle trying to get all those people. And even though it seems like everybody and their mom and their cousin is going to school for nursing or just graduated with a nursing degree, there still isn't enough healthcare workers out there to fulfill all the needs. So we're out there battling with facilities. We're battling with other agencies um, just to get people onto our side and out there working. So how do you differentiate then? How do you go about not only finding them, but then pitching that because it is... I'm sure most people are thinking working on the corporate side or the hospital side, long-term care, you know, in the facilities piece, as opposed to, to what you're offering. Before getting back into recruiting for agency, I actually was on the facility side. So I kind of saw firsthand how they were running things. And um, along with other facilities that I kind of got talking to their schedulers and their HR departments and just kind of seeing the trends there. The big differentiator with agency is you get on board with the agency and you can kind of pick and choose where you want to work and what you want to work. You go to a facility and it absolutely stinks. You don't have to go back there to where if you get hired on someone on, on get hired on somewhere and you find out you got bamboozled and this place is not what you were expecting, you're kind of stuck in that rut like, well, I need a job, I need a paycheck, but I don't want to be here. So the agency side kind of gives that freedom to let people try out different facilities, work where they want to work. If they want to travel a little bit and go up to Columbus and try a facility out there, they can do that and just kind of really on their side, not only help build up their resume, but also build up their skills because they're learning different skills, different techniques and different facilities from different people. Chris, you've spent time in several different industries, which I thought was pretty interesting, you know, as we've talked and some of the things you've done before. And what's been your favorite business and why is it? And then how do you apply all this different experience to what you do now? This kind of sounds like one of those loaded questions your significant other gives you, like, hey, which one's the best? All the industries, they're all equal as far as favorites. Uh, they all offer different scenarios and learning tools and situations to go through um, that obviously got me to where I am now. I think if I was a recruiter from day one, I wouldn't be the recruiter I am today. Not having that hospitality experience, dealing with people at a front desk from all different backgrounds, all different ages, all different scenarios. And on top of that, I wouldn't have that thick skin from wedding season, soccer season, and <laughs> all the catastrophes that happen with people checking in and things aren't right. Like my experience with Associated Builders and Contractors, that kind of got me out there working job fairs, setting up job fairs. So seeing both sides of how to have a successful booth and also how to run a booth and what people are looking for. And what I honestly truly miss is all the little swag that every booth had. <laughs> um, and seeing who liked what swag, what was the best swag, what place had the best pins and notepads and portfolios and all that. So Got to do that. Got to learn how to shake hands and kiss babies and trade cards and all the essentials of basically building the brand and building that network as well. It seems like all these industries, customer facing, high volume, 
It seems like that tends to be a theme. Very much so. I will tell you, if we ever run into each other at a job fair, I maintain that I make sure we have the best pins available. <laughs> well, <then laughs> you are speaking you, my you, love language. You, 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 you always <laughs> got it. You, everybody needs a pin. While the foam and foam sumo wrestler is is humorous, I don't really need a foam sumo wrestler. And I definitely I'll don't need one. more than one. And I definitely don't need more than one. Pins. Everybody yeah. needs pins. And good ones. And, er- and everyone needs good pins. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Chris, recently you took some time off social media to really focus on getting your PHR certification, which congratulations, that's awesome. Uh, what was the biggest surprise to you for prepare, in preparing for the test? And what advice would you give someone to help themselves prepare? Preparing for the test? I knew me the best, so I knew that I had to take that hiatus. I needed to turn off all the notifications on my phone except for phone, text, even turned off notification for email so I'm not getting those constant pop-ups. Deleted all the social media apps, and I also made sure I didn't tell anyone that way. I'm not getting those texts like, hey, did you see what I shared? Did you see what I tagged you in? So played it real close to my chest as far as just going quiet. Because I also knew if I did hop on there to see what I got tagged in, 45 minutes later, I'm watching the top 10 funniest cat video clips from 2015 <laughs> and trying to wonder how I got there rather than uh, focusing on the goal, which is to pass the PHR. With me putting my own money into it, not having any sort of college education, business education from a university, right off the bat, like the laws and all the different um, acronyms that came along with it, this was all brand new to me. So just memorizing all that, because the other thing too is you don't know what's on the test. And there are books that have 30,000 pages of what could be on the test. I basically just hunkered down. Um, I created a YouTube playlist and anything I could find on laws and regulations, payroll and benefits, just that not fun stuff. Had my headphones in, just constantly having that play in the background while I'm working, driving, sitting at home. I mean, any spare time, just really focusing and spending that month, month and a half, just trying to memorize and take in as much as I can. Um, as far as the biggest surprise, so um, I opted to do the online exam, which um, first time ever doing a proctor exam online was reading some of the horror stories, reading like tips and tricks on how to beat it and not get caught. I'm like, okay, I don't <laughs> want to do that because the last thing I want is to be disqualified and now I'm out all that time and preparation. The thing that really got me was there's somebody watching you, but you can't see them watch you. And I was guilty of reading questions out loud or mouthing them. And I get a little pop up saying, hey, we need you not to read out loud. Hey, we need you to not cover your mouth. And I'm like, man, like, I'm not trying to cheat here. I'm like, this is just how I am. And so it kind of you get thrown off. Like you have to stop, read what they say, respond. Chat box goes away. Then you go back to answering your questions. Oh, wow. So are they thinking that you'd be reading it to somebody and then they could feed you an answer? Okay. And or recording the questions to post on the black web or, you know, oh. whatever mischievous <laughs> things that people do. It's interesting. I, yeah. I would talk about perspective because that's not what right. I would, that's not what mm-hmm. you think or what we necessarily right. would think. And Chris, when, as far as your prep though, you basically developed, I'm going to say you developed your own curriculum, just found materials and pertinent topics and just kind of put that together as a as its own thing, sounds like. Yeah, so one of the first things I did was reach out to the HR guru, Steve Brown. I was like, Steve, <laughs> how do I go about doing this? I kind of posted some things on LinkedIn, and I'm getting some feedback in here. And he's like, whatever you do, do not 
spend the thousand, two thousand dollars for these online courses that will help prep you in four weeks, six weeks, or whatever. It's like they're just kind of a big waste of time. There are so many online resources out there. There's so many free exams you can take. There's notes. Uh, there's tons of people in the HR community that can give you advice and uh, study guides and tips. Um, he recommended uh, Thomas Mobley, who is um, a UC professor that also has his own study course. I looked into it. It looked phenomenal. People I talked to that went through it, nothing but great things. It's just, it was a scheduling conflict. I couldn't do the in-person because it's about a 60-minute drive. And then the online ones conflicted with work. Had I been able to fit that in the schedule, probably would have did that. But kind of like what you're saying, just kind of created my own thing, um, looked at what works for other people and just kind of ran with it and did a little mix and match. Don't be surprised if you get some requests after this show yeah. from people. <laughs> no, I'm seriously, you know, yeah. as you did that, because you mentioned the YouTube list. That's tremendous. I wouldn't have. Wendy, I don't know about you. I wouldn't have thought of that to say no. I build a content list. It also wasn't an available option when I took mine 15 years ago, but <laughs> I do like it. I do like it. We had MySpace and we liked it, Wendy. Exactly. Damn it. <laughs> oh, it's my turn. Or is it your turn? Sorry. It, it is It is my turn. Okay. Yes. I'm, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just chewing on this whole uh, MySpace thing because, yes, I recruited on MySpace. Thank you very much. That's how old I am. Chris, we've been crowdsourcing questions this year, and that's one of the fun things is having guests take part in this. Kayla Moncayo asks, what does vulnerable HR look like inside and outside of work? First, I think anyone that's in HR and still has that mentality of they're never wrong, or if problem-solving strategy is let's refer to the policy handbook because that's what we always done. We need to track down that infinity gauntlet. We need Thanos to do a snap and just get rid of those people. Because especially now, I think COVID really kind of exposed that you have to be, for lack of better words, forward thinking, think outside the box, all those fun terms that get thrown around. You can't just rely on what's worked before because there's so much more opportunities and technology and ways of doing things that weren't available 10 years, five years, or even one month ago. With all jokes being aside, there needs to be transparency, one, and open communication. Those two things are paramount. As my bio said, I mean, HR has that stigma that if you're being called to talk to anyone in that department, chances are it's something bad and stress and anxiety go through the roof and you go in there expecting the worst. And it could just be like, a, hey, like I saw something on, uh, I think it was Twitter or Instagram that uh, someone got called down to HR and she was panicking because she couldn't figure out why she'd be, she was being called down there. And it's because like her sister or her niece like kept commenting on the company's post about how great that person was. And so there's like, hey, we just want to say, you know, we're seeing these and tell her thanks. So nice. that communication needs to be there. People need to be able to go to HR with issues and know that if they open up, that that HR person is going to open up too. That it's not just going to be a one-way street to where they say, this is a problem, and they go, okay, thanks for letting me know. We'll work on it. I think if the the employee has or feels like they have the buy-in from HR, their productivity is going to go through the roof because they know their concerns are actually being acknowledged that when they say HR has an open door, that door is open. They're just not saying it to check the box. And then I think the other big part of that is HR needs to be able to accept feedback. That if they are being told they don't like the policies, that they think that the way things are going or the software they're using stinks. They need to take that 
feedback and go, okay, well, let's run with that. How can we make it better? Other than, okay, you think it stinks. That's your opinion. We'll see you tomorrow. Never happens, Chris. I don't believe that. <laughs> Never. Never yes. Yeah, so, um, and then the second part of her question, the whole outside HR vulnerability. Obviously, she's doing a great job of it. Um, other people like uh, Tracy Spunberg, Jeffrey Shapiro, who on their social media are showing that what they believe in inside of work, they also live it outside of work. So Kayla, she's very passionate about animals and her dogs. So you, you don't see her promoting her company and the dog food there. She's actually feeding it to her dog and taking her dog places and showing the world that, you know what, I am a dog person and I also work for a animal company. Uh, same thing with Tracy. I mean, you see her where she's going, drinking her coffee, recommending, I think she had a what sparkling water pairs well with the book that she was reading. And then you have Jeffrey who sports, whiskey, the whole nine, like, you know what he's into inside and outside of work. With that, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. World where working habits and patterns have been forever changed, feeling connected to the systems, tools, and people that you rely on daily can be increasingly challenging and time consuming. Imagine a digital launchpad to all of your sites, systems, and applications. A place where no matter where in the world you are, you can communicate, collaborate, share, and feel truly connected to your workplace and colleagues. Say hello to the future of workplace engagement. Say hello to Hula. Hula is a more human way to work and play. It allows you to organize and streamline your work and life inside a beautiful and customizable user experience. The future of work is a simple, beautiful, and smart way to link you to everywhere. Hula makes life and work easier. No more endless clicking and searching for links. It's probably the easiest three clicks you'll ever make to get to the content you need most. It's that simple. Hula is everything you need now in one place. Try Hula for free today at Hula.io. And we are back. Chris, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? My earliest career dreams that I can fondly remember was to be a WWE wrestler. <laughs> I remember watching up, watching it, the energy and the theatrics and just some of the things that they could do. I'm like, that's awesome. And so I collected all the wrestling figures, had the wrestling rings. That was going to be my go-to. And then I started to see like, you know, that's not acting. They're actually like falling and bumps and bruises and injuries. And like, you know what, maybe that isn't the route I go. Um, <laughs> and I still have those dreams kind of pop up. Like, you know, like there's still some pro wrestlers out there that are in their forties and doing really well. So maybe there's a chance like I get back into shape and I pursue this. <laughs> and then I have to remember that I broke my arm running track in high school. So I can only imagine what taking several bumps or falling off the ropes onto the mat could do to my old body. <laughs> I would give anything. I'm putting this out here to the world because somebody's going to hear it. If there is a professional wrestler that practices HR, we need to know. We need to know who yeah. you are. We got to talk. Yeah, we do. And if you if you just want to tell us in private, like I don't want to break uh, break any secrets, or if you if you're under a mask, hey man, and let, or lady, just let me know because that would be fantastic. I won't even tell Chris. It'll just be <laughs> Wendy will be like, whatever. She just you know. No, that that's uh, uh, no, that's awesome. That's so funny. Who's one person you've gained your network in the last year? You think more people should know? 
there's been a ton. Um, the last year, year and a half is kind of when, like, like you said, like I've really gotten engaged into the HR community. The one that comes to mind is Galen Emanuel. I kind of caught on to him during COVID when he was doing his weekly Ask Me Anything on YouTube and just kind of interacting and seeing the content he puts out on culture and how to connect with employees and get that engagement and retainment and also how to deal with knuckleheads in a toxic workplace that he used much way different language than knucklehead. But you get to just, I mean, and plus his energy is up there. He's very upbeat, very positive, especially when talking about how to deal with those tough conversations and how to deal with those bosses that you may or may not get along with. To me, he just has like that very unique way and spin of communicating that to the masses. I would agree with that. Chris, how do you maintain balance? Yes, yeah, so I was fortunate enough to be somebody who helped me realize that I didn't have to work two jobs, that there was more to life than being a single parent and then working in my free time. And she's kind of helped pull the reins in, um, especially just working one job now to where not to work too much after work. And in fact, I liked this whole balance thing that she was introducing me to. I decided to put a ring on it. So um, <laughs> she has been wonderful as keeping me on track because I'm that kind of person that is constantly doing like, – I, I can't sit still for long. Like I feel like I have to do something. There's always something to be done. And she has helped really just kind of keep me focused on things that really need to be done and things that can be put off. We've come up with schedules to where we'll have a date night that is non-negotiable. Like we are kid-free. We are having a date night. It's just her and I. We also work on things to where um, we'll have one-on-one time with the kids. We'll do a family night. I'll take both the kids. She takes both the kids and just kind of have all that kind of interaction, but we make sure that there's time for it. We'll also make time because she's now going back to college that if she needs alone time to focus on school and homework, that I'm taking over household duties. And then the same thing when I was studying for my PHR, she took a huge load of just the normal everyday stuff around the house. So I could sit there and be focused and study on whatever topic I was studying on that night. How do you enjoy giving back to the HR community, Chris? So I still feel like I am a student of the HR community. I mean, compared to all the legends that you have on that you've had on here that have done the TED Talks, the keynotes, best-selling authors, CEO, like their resumes, like Trump, what I have to bring to the HR community. But the one thing that I can do is connect and share, kind of like what this podcast is about. So I may not have the accolades or all the answers, but I have no problem sharing the good word of the HR community. Or if I can connect someone who has not been connected, I am all for that as well. Chris, what's your favorite movie? I want to take advantage of how people have kind of done two answers (laughs) to the questions before. I want to say the favorite series is MCU. Specifically, Infinity Wars, where the bad guy wins at the end. I cannot tell you how excited I was to see that because you rarely see the bad guy yeah. win at the end and the movie's over. So I saw that and it ended and I'm like, this is it. Like this, I'm all in on MCU. <laughs> Favorite individual movie is The Whole Nine Yards. Oh, I haven't thought about that one in a while. Yeah, I stumbled across that back in high school and it always seemed like we'd get home late at night from playing basketball. We'd turn on, back in the day, HBO. And we would catch it midway, and there's the one scene where Matthew Perry goes sprinting into the house and hits the screen door. And every time that happens, like I could not help but just like instantly laugh out loud. 
What's the first concert you remember attending? This goes way back, and my memory is not the greatest, so I don't know where these two actually happen in order, but it was either Garth Brooks or MC Hammer. Both were equally awesome. <laughs> I know I know, we haven't had MC Hammer. I'm not sure about Garth Brooks. I don't think we've had either one of them. Even in all the iterations of this question, I don't think either one has popped up. Yeah, Garth was awesome because he had the double live album that just came out. So he was all about swinging over the crowd, smashing guitars, having a good time. <laughs> you had MC Hammer with the big pants and the dancing and all the flash and <laughs> flare. And it was awesome to see. What's the last show you binge watched? So I don't binge watch. Like, I don't watch much TV at all. A couple years ago, it would have been Jersey Shore. Like anytime a marathon's on, <laughs> I'm in. That was, my, that was my show to watch. But now like I just... It's hard for me, kind of like I said, to sit down and watch something, let alone binge. But I was fortunate enough when COVID happened, the Last Dance documentary came out. And with work, I wasn't able to watch it when it aired. But once it hit Netflix and I had free time, that was something I definitely binged from almost start to almost finish. Have you been watching any of the MCU TV shows? No, I haven't. And I keep seeing things pop up about how awesome it is and all the Easter eggs and little maybe spoilers in Loki. And it's just one of those things like I, I think about it. I'm like, that does sound great. I should make time for it. And then I get sidetracked. Chris, what's a thing or a hobby, something you really like to do that would surprise people. So what might surprise people is like, I'm a nerd. I love learning things, but just like to the extreme level that I enjoy learning things. So I know back when ESPN had like their sports science show and before it got all Hollywood and theatrical, <laughs> like just learning like the different like speeds and velocities and angle and like all like that sciencey stuff behind fastballs and uh, football players tackling people and all that. Uh, so I got really into that. And then now, like if there's something that I'm really trying to learn or if it's something new, like I will go down that rabbit hole and just Google it to the extreme. Ironically, most recently was ink pens and just the different types of ink, gel, um, <laughs> vacuum sealed, oil, viscosity, like all this stuff. That I'm like, I didn't know this is all out there. And it all makes sense on why like some pens are better and some pens I can write upside down forever and other ones just don't work. And so I learned way too much about ink and ink pens than I think anybody wanted to. But it was just neat seeing all the different types that are out there. Well, finally, Chris, as before in the earlier, you answered a question from Kayla. You now get to um, ask the next guest of the podcast any question. What do you want us to ask them? What I want to know from the next person is every professional wrestler has an entrance song or music that they come out to every time. What's the one song that they would have play every time they go out on stage to speak, every time they enter a meeting room, a Zoom meeting, anything. As soon as they enter, that music plays. I want to know what the song is. I love that. You know, somebody asked us that on our last Ask Us yeah. Anything show. Mm -hmm. And I, I do. I do love that. Um, I like that. I like getting people to think about that a little bit. I'll have to ask. Maybe I'll have to implement that at work. Yeah, because it's a big deal. I mean, that yeah. song is important. Yeah. <laughs> what would yours be? You know, so I thought of that. And I don't think I could have one, which completely ruins the whole question. <laughs> like, back when I used to go to Cincinnati Reds games all the time, Brandon Phillips played. And every time he went to bat, he had a different song. And I'm like, 
that's genius. You don't have like that one song for every at bat. You have like a whole like playlist. I think I would go that route. Um, but if I had to pick one song, it's probably going to be way outside the HR music world. Um, it's going to be like one of those techno-y house. Like it has that beat up. And then when I enter, it's fireworks. It's pyro, like <laughs> the whole nine yards. If it had to be a specific wrestler's theme, what would you use? So the Chris Jericho Y2J countdown, I loved because you had that countdown and that build up. So I think just off the top, that would probably be it. I might try to drop it in here. You never know. (laughs) Might be some audio magic. Chris, I can't thank you enough for doing this. I'm so glad. While you may not have done TEDx or presentations anywhere, that's cool. Like that comes with time, man. And, And the fact you're out there and you're sharing and you're engaged in the community and the fact you put together a YouTube playlist to study right? for your PHR, man, awesome. is it's amazing. I'm going to assume that many of our listeners are already connected with you, but if they're not, they're going to want to now, particularly those that are thinking about studying for that test. Best way for them to reach you out there. On everything except LinkedIn, it's at the real Gappa. So the real and then G-A-P-P-A. It's a high school nickname. It's stuck. Here I am. <laughs> uh, LinkedIn it's, um, I went full name because I was trying to be a professional back in the day. It's LinkedIn slash Christopher Hadley one, the number one. We will have that in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there. Oh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, I want to thank our friends at Hewler for sponsoring this episode in the entire month of July. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, share, review, follow. Whatever platform you're on, just hit that follow. It helps us a lot. International listeners, you know the deal. We want to talk. We've got several folks we are in conversations with to get those times booked. We will work through time zones. We will make it happen. <laughs> Chris will tell you it's fairly painless. I may drop music in for you, too, if you have something I can find. Please get in touch. We'd love to talk more. Chris, really appreciate being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Give back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. <laughs> <laughs>